0: On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Pelicans are buyers trying to get back into the playoff chase. The Saints continue to hang on as well. 11th place is not dead yet. Plus, we've got a city councilman convicted of corruption and he's back. We've got Voodoo Fest. It's not back. And so much more. Stick around right here, Polk and Kush. These hands, you about to get shot. The truth is getting split by Poke and Kush Poke and Kush, Poke and Kush Poke and Kush, Poke and Kush to to Poke and Poke and Poke and Poke and kush, and kush. Come everyone to and cook. It is Wednesday, December 15th, 2021 And hey, we might be on the naughty list because there ain't no damn way Santa Claus can find its way to the Bud Light Live Studios. Uh, The construction is hot and heavy over here, and we smell like tar, and we are going (laughs) to wait him out anyway and see what Mr. Claus has in store for us. I am Scott Kushner alongside, as always, Mr. Andrew Polk. I feel like I always start off the
1: show with I'm glad to be here and it's always a lie <laughs> just cuz of the like physically where I am sure I'm yes. not uh I'm not <laughs> elated to be where I am currently Last episode, I named these criminals the Hard Rock Construction yes. group. These group of liars. Everyone on Twitter... Agree- that was the first time I've said something and everyone on Twitter agreed with me. <laughs> it was, yes. There was no like, hey, maybe... Literally everyone on Twitter was like, yeah, these guys are criminals. <laughs> they belong in the... Um, currently, at the Bud Light Lime Studio, uh, the outside is... Tar. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be uh, Asphalting, paving I don't know the thing Yeah, They're supposed to be doing something this week Also there's like a They've just carved out like a foot and a half In the road mm-hmm. So I can't get into my driveway I'm parking <laughs> They're able to get in my driveway They're having a blast Uncle parking there every yes. day
0: They've got lawn chairs I'm parking know. at the
1: Chinese <laughs> restaurant a mile away
0: <laughs> Convenient for takeout though
1: Quite easy <laughs> for it. Uh, but yeah, uh, the house smells currently like a pile of burnt rubber. <laughs> we are essentially living the life
0: of Heathcliff the cat right
1: now. We, uh, My girlfriend and I, uh, we met here the other night. And we went to the movies. Mm-hmm. We uh, we went to Canal Place and we saw uh, the French Dispatch. Okay. And for like six feet, we walked through the tar. Like I, I dabbed it with my foot. I was like, it's not wet. We can walk over it. Yeah. We literally have to if we want to get to our vehicles. So we did. And then like through the movie, people are sniffing us. <laughs> you, could sm- you could hear people like sniffing because we smelled so bad. We smelled like asphalt and rubber, and uh, the house currently, the house, the studio, I'm sorry, the studio, the Bud Light (laughs) Mango Studio currently smells like somebody was having safe sex and caught on fire.
0: (laughs) It is. Um uh, my car is currently parked on top of the tar. I am very concerned. It's
1: sinking right
0: it, now. <laughs> just red Flintstone. Like, I'm going to start the car, and then I'm just going to have to, like, the wheels are going to be stuck. And I'll just be, you know, pushing my little feet all the way home <laughs> to run it back. Because it is, uh, it, it, it's not great out there. It's not great. You don't have very secure footwear. No, I didn't realize what I was stepping into La Brea when I got here. <laughs> Uh, I just, you know, (laughs) assumed I was in a modern American street. Of course, That was stupid. Uh, That was a dumb assumption to have. But we're going to get through this, guys. Uh, 2022 is going to be our year here in the Bud Light Mango Lime Studio. We
1: never talk about your homestead.
0: Yeah. Are they
1: picking up garbage there? (laughs) Are the streets aflame with rock and roll?
0: (laughs) Things are pretty good at my house, except for my neighbor's house got, like, wrecked in uh, Ida. And he's decided this week to start rebuilding it and they literally start work at night like 6 p.m they start doing work on the inside and he had the power turned off so they have a generator that they're going off of and so all i hear from six to like 10 o'clock at night is i was like just do it in the middle of the day that's when construction is supposed to be done you wouldn't need lights to do it. You could have just your power tools on batteries, and you wouldn't need to turn on a generator in order to get things done. Well, I, I
1: mentioned we went to see the French Dispatch. Good. That's the new Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. To
0: Wes Anderson?
1: If somebody kicked the door in with a chainsaw <laughs> and like a hockey mask, I think the entire audience would be like, oh, thank God.
0: <laughs> it was that bad. I like Wes Anderson.
1: I do too. Yeah. That's why I went and saw it. Uh, Isle of Dogs was fantastic. Fantastic Uh,
0: Mr. Fox. uh, Yeah. Moonrise Kingdom.
1: Moonrise Kingdom. Very jovial, very fun movie. Yeah. The Hotel, whatever the- Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel. That was the last good one. Uh, So I went in, not a Wes Anderson hater, but this movie was an abomination. Oh, that's not good. It's just like a Pantone swatch book Uh with like Fleet Foxes songs (laughs) and just a series of scenes. Like what I thought the movie was, French Dispatch. It's about a French newspaper made for America Uh uh, that specifically goes to Kansas. And Bill Murray is like the the leader of the newspaper. And uh, Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men who's fantastic. She was in it. That was incredible. And that is ten minutes of the entire movie. Oh no! I didn't really look it up. Like the movie is presented as a magazine, so like there's a second part where it's like pages thirty through forty-five. Oh god! And it's like a twenty-minute story from the magazine that has no one that's <laughs> advertised. And there's no Bill Murray. There's no Elizabeth Mott. They're like, it's like.
0: That seems like false advertising. Yeah. And there
1: were three of these. There's yeah. three segments that are about 20 minutes each in the middle of the movie. And they're just not interesting. They're very boring. Yeah. And you're also at Canal Place. So <laughs> it's like every minute I'm here costs $1. <laughs> Thank you to uh, our parking
0: overlords
1: at the canal boys. Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm six months into dating my girlfriend. I'm not entirely comfortable mm-hmm. uh, saying like, hey, this sucks. Yeah. Let's go. We should leave. Because yeah. some girlfriends are going to start weeping, going, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted us to have a nice time. Other girlfriends are going to start weeping, going, this is my favorite movie. Basically, every result is... Your significant other weeping. Yes. So I'm yes. gonna sit there in silence until they give me. You'll a weep
0: internally rather than them weeping externally.
1: This is how much I've grown. Yes, yeah. a human being. <laughs> remember tenet when you walked out after like 25 minutes?
0: We all remember the tenet experience. Folks' first movie in two years. Like ah, I was there for 30 minutes. And yeah, I was there ass. for
1: 30 minutes. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go sit. At home, I've been doing it for a while. Man, Tennant does it again. J.J. <laughs> J- J- Rex said it was his favorite movie. <laughs> oh, God, that's fantastic. Um, We're 30 minutes into the podcast. Yeah, you know what's
0: point. less fantastic? That's my segue, as always. Uh, the Pelicans. The Pelicans are bad. Uh, they, had, they did win a game uh, since we last talked. They beat the Pistons, uh, but they the also... Worst.
1: Team in the NBA. Well, yeah,
0: they, that was the worst team. We don't qualify, okay? Let's not, you know. There's no reason to compare. There's. Let's just call it it. They won a game. Uh, now they did lose a couple too. They lost to San Antonio most recently uh, in a game where their guards could not physically stay in front of anyone, uh, kind of showing that this team is in some trouble uh, with their current roster. The Pelicans, as you listen to this, are dead last uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, That's
1: not uh, ideal. That does
0: not, in fact, guarantee you for the playoffs still. So unless they expand the field to 15, uh, I I don't believe uh, that's good enough for the postseason right now. However, uh, lots of conversation going on this week that the Pelicans are hoping to be buyers buyers as the trade deadline approaches. What are our thoughts on that?
1: Now, uh, there are buyers during the trade deadline. There's a goal for that. The Pelicans have at least internally said that they are striving to... I guess one of the stories that's out currently is that Jackson Hayes is up for trade. Mm -hmm. There was a a story that came out on something... The internet? I think that's what it's (laughs) called. Uh, and it was like, uh, the Pelicans would love to get into the buy-in, and Jackson Hayes is up for trade. So this is a story that doesn't need to be released. Everyone knows this. Yes.
0: Uh, general manager desperately wants to make postseason to save his job. Jackson Hayes does not get in the basketball games. Yeah. These two things Yeah, great break, Jake Fisher. <laughs> How's Zion doing?
1: You got another exclusive? Guard uh, the Pelicans don't wanna know the guards suck exclusive from Jake Fisher. Okay, thanks buddy. Yeah, we know. No, he's great. No, he's a great guy. <laughs> Great reporter. <laughs>
0: Way to be on top of the big stuff. <laughs> Jackson Hayes, who literally can't get off the bench for the worst team in the Western Conference. Well, I think what he was actually reporting is that
1: Jackson Hayes is up for trade in the G League. <laughs> yes. Can you do that? Would he
0: be the number one pick in the G League draft? I think he would be. He I... had
1: 16 the other night yeah. against
0: the Delaware F- <laughs> Flebelsons. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, Yeah. So we'll take these one at a time. Right. The concept of them being a first of all, the Jackson Hayes thing, actually, that's the easiest one. Right. Yeah. Trade him like the second you draft that guy. The likelihood is that he's probably going to find his best basketball on his next team anyway. Really going to take a long time to develop. By the time he actually develops, you'll probably have to pay him. You clearly are not seeing the development anyway, so why would you pay him to stick around? Like, if this juice is no longer worth the squeeze. When you cannot get on the floor, I'm not saying he's playing a couple minutes and not playing well. I'm saying he is, his ass is playing as much as me uh, most nights now for the last three weeks. Unless the game is 30 plus points in any direction, you've got to give up on him. Like, and that's okay. Uh, it's a sunk cost. You, you screwed up the pick you, b- badly. Uh, and now you just got to kind of move on. And that's fine. Trade him. There might be a team that sees a guy with a lot of potential that you could possibly get something back for.
1: Well, he strikes me as a Lonzo type trade. And that I don't think people are watching the Pelicans to the same degree that we are, Mm -hmm. and they see highlights. If Mm -hmm. you see highlights of Lonzo Ball, you go, Whoa, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, you see highlights of Jackson Hayes, you go, Whoa, pretty good. Yeah, I think. Um, so I think there is definitely more trade value for him than trying to churn him into his potential. Yeah, I don't know the. Uh, the reasoning of why he would exactly need a second team to come into his own, you know,
0: sometimes you just need a change of situation. And sometimes it literally just takes more time. Yeah. And the team that you're with is not going to have the patience. Watching you suck for three plus
1: years, especially a sucky team. If Jackson Hayes goes to the Knicks or yeah. the Lakers or somewhere where they can develop around uh, better bigs,
0: yeah, and that his minutes don't really matter, right? Yeah. Whereas, is,
1: still in the Pelicans, his minutes do matter because they're you know ankle deep,
0: shallow, it, exactly, and and his minutes like. When he just got flat out benched, uh, that was the. End. Which time? Yeah, I mean, the seventh st- or the three years in a row by three different coaches, they have all decided that it's no longer worth it. The fact is, he can't get any better here. He's not going to get any better here, uh, and it's just a waste of everyone's time to continue it. But there are definitely teams who look at like, who hey, look. Is an incredibly talented player in a dumpster fire of a situation who probably hates his NBA life thus far and has been through three coaches in three years. And, it's, you know, there's a lot of reasons that you could point to to say, like, well, maybe he's salvageable. And so it's a good time to shop him and see if you can get literally anything back. Are we him. talking about Zion? Or <laughs> I don't recall Zion being benched. <laughs> Uh, dude, it's it's not. I a- bet
1: if you ask Griff, you'd be like, no, "No, I benched Zion for the last year. It's not that he hasn't been <laughs> able to play. I benched him, try for- to teach him a lesson. Yeah,
0: the COVID something- protocol. Yeah, very. I high- saw the video of him <laughs> at uh, the boot. If you've ever read the Art of War, you know that you can <laughs> tame a tiger by putting him deep in the cage. Uh, dude, it, like he lo- and that's the thing. The other thing is like this is a Griff outwardly loves Jackson Hayes. He loves Nikhil and Jackson Hayes are like two of his favorite guys on the team. And they fawned praise on him all of preseason about how great he was in Nashville for that voluntary training camp, how he's shooting and all this stuff. And then he gets the thing and all the same problems that he doesn't move his feet, that he's lackadaisical, that he's kind of plays like an asshole. Uh, All of these things just continue to bother him. And it's like this. It just very much showed that there is no path forward and it's time to move on. And, hey, credit to Griff for at least kind of looking up and saying, all right, maybe maybe I was wrong on this one.
1: Is that a decision that solely lies in Griff's hands as far as, like, who's on the trading block?
0: Yes. I mean, yeah. Griff is the one who decides who gets traded. Now, mm. Willie not playing him certainly <laughs> makes it to where, like, if he was still playing him and there was development of some level, maybe he'd be more likely to give it more of a chance. But, like, if he's not going to play anyway, it really kind of takes the decision and makes it a no-brainer.
1: Yeah. Like, do you think there's communication between Willie and Griff as far as, like, who's on the block? Or is this all speculation?
0: Uh, There's definitely some communication that takes place. There's definitely communication about rotations and stuff. Like, Uh those guys don't make decisions. And if they do make decisions about playing time, coaches at least, and I know this just from talking to Alvin and talking to Stan and – You know, like, there's a lot of arguments that go back and forth. Ultimately, the coach, I guess, has the final, final say because they're the ones who decide who goes on the court. But, yeah, I mean, Alvin Gentry was told pretty straight up that he had to play Jackson and Akil in the bubble. And he didn't want to, but he did. Uh, And so, like, those kinds of things do happen. And now you're in a position where it's like, this is a joke, man. Like, there is absolutely no path forward for Jackson. You've got to go deal him. And you're trying to not only do that, but you're trying to become a team that's going to start winning. You can't win now uh, with what you have with Zion out indefinitely. So what can you do to upgrade the guard position, which is, um, they've got to be the worst guards in the NBA. If they're not, maybe Detroit, I guess Orlando, I don't know. There's some shitty guards in the Pelicans' backcourt. you got to do something to upgrade them. The question is, would you trade future first round picks would you allow Griff to trade future first round picks in order to try to salvage what's left of the season and I guess who is uh, the potential guard
1: coming in I guess De'Aaron Fox he's the most obvious candidate. the most obvious candidate currently uh, of course Alvin Gentry of the of coach of the kings we yeah. can bamboozle him and <laughs> sending him back and forth maybe some kind of switcheroo like change it up on him send some dancing girls along with the you know the along pages. those lines but yeah another thing from that that jake break today is that <laughs> is that the pelicans are striving mm-hmm. to make it to the play-in which is uh, an
0: embarrassing
1: thing to say out loud
0: it's also just seems so. I guess they're only what three, four games out of it just because the West is so clumped together there. But it's like, what has shown you that this team is capable of doing anything that is worth giving up future assets for? But at the same time, like if you can go get someone like De'Aaron Fox, who's got four years left in his contract, has played at a high level at some point in his career. And, uh, you know, can at least become a good guard. I mean, Polk, they had... We bitched about their guards constantly last season. Lonzo and Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. Then they made a move, a, cl-
1: a clownish duo. <laughs> a
0: clownish duo. Most. Then they made a couple moves in the offseason, and they got worse. I thought it was impossible. They got worse at that spot. And so now you need to go get a guard who is at least... An NBA player, a solid NBA player, and give your team a chance to see what it looks like with a real backcourt. Well, to go back to your uh, original question was,
1: should the Pelicans be giving up first-round draft picks to try and win this season? I think the short answer is no. Yeah. Um, The long answer is yes, I'm trying to keep my job. (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Uh, Griff, of course, wants to keep his job. Winning is the only way he's going to be able to do that yeah. after this season. Uh, Zion is out indefinitely, which we haven't even touched upon. Yeah, but indefinitely means for the rest of the season. I feel like for this team, I don't think we're going to see Zion back. It would be foolish if we did. Uh, is mm. it worth bringing back a injury-prone player who hasn't played? 60 games this season because you're breathing on the 10th spot? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, but we're not the ones who make that decision. If you are a (laughs) madcap,
1: you know, vice president of whatever, trying to keep your job, Yeah,
0: maybe your best interest is not
1: also New Orleans' best
0: interest. Yeah, and so that'll be curious to see if someone were to step in under that situation, it's like if Zion and look, there's a chance that Zion is just shut down for the season any day now. Uh, we don't know. Everything is, is indefinite. They pulled him. They're deramping him up right now. So whereas before he was like getting very close to practice, he's doing
1: windmill dunks in practice. Like <laughs> you know, we know people that work for the pal- like Zion is doing windmill dunks in practice. <laughs> And the next week, they're saying that he's not even close. Yeah,
0: and so they're they're pulling him all the way back off the floor, like no contact, no anything, for several weeks. Uh, whether that means there's going to be another procedure, who's to say? Uh, but there is some very uncertain, you know, goings on with his health. But this message from and this type of idea of like. They really are pushing for the 10 seed. They want to upgrade their roster to get themselves there. That is indicative of a team that is not going to allow Zion Williamson, if he's available at any point in the season, to just take it off. They don't seem like they're interested in tanking. They don't seem like they're interested in, uh, in just you know playing out the string and developing young guys and whatever. I think David Griffin is very aware that he is being judged in the results of the season. And, hey, guess what? The results of the season suck ass. So he needs to do something to fix them immediately, regardless of the position they're in currently. And is fixing that De'Aaron Fox? I mean, it certainly couldn't hurt. It is a huge long-term asset to put on your books, though, in order to get a short-term gain. So, hey, Fox is really young. It's not like he's an old guy with a bad contract. But the way he's played this year has been really bad, and if you trade for him and he continues to be really bad, you've hampered yourself for a very long time.
1: Yeah, and uh, we haven't even mentioned that Pelican's guard play has gotten worse since the last time we recorded. Kyra Lewis out for the season with uh, ACL. ACL. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Real bummer, because I like Kyra Lewis. He
1: was a spark. He's a very fast player. He was also exactly the numbers you need out of somebody at his experience. Mm -hmm. You know? Nine points against seven points a game, something like that. That's exactly what you need coming off the bench yeah. from a second-year rookie.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely miss Kyra. I, uh, I don't know what to make of this team. I mean, I guess I kind of know what to make of this team is they're bad. Yeah. Uh, they're bad, and it's, they're hard to watch. The San Antonio game was just like— San Antonio and Houston back-to-back was just, just a gulag just of misery. You just got terrible— That was consecutive Sundays of losing to San Antonio and Houston. It's like you just have terrible guards. And every night it's going to be a slog when you have no reliable guards. And I thought Brandon Ingram has played pretty well at times. I think Jonas has played well at times. But, man, this team is – they suck. And so, yeah, in one regard, it's like, yeah, go get a guard and see what happens. At least you can kind of have a better idea. And the other one, it's like until Zion's back, this is all what the fuck anyway. Right. So I get it, and uh, I we I sense your frustration, Bells fans, uh, and believe me, all of us are like, how are we going to talk about this team for fifty three more games? We all we're all in the same position. Fifty three, Jesus. So many, <laughs> so many games. Uh, um, if you'd asked
1: me how many games were left in the season, I go, I don't know, thirty eight. <laughs> yeah, uh, believe me, those fifteen
0: at the end, you won't be worried about that. <laughs> uh, all right, that takes us through our Pelican segment. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to you with Saints and all of your favorite segments. Stick around, be right back, Poke and Kush. Oh, that's J A N S E N. It's Jansen, Jansen Patagna, the realtor. To the stars, Jansen Patagna, everybody, your favorite realtor, my favorite realtor, everybody's favorite realtor here in the New Orleans area. That is Jansen Patagna. He's got every house. He's got every condo. He's got every vacation home. Everything that you have ever thought of living in, Jansen has it available to him. You are going to want to give him an email. Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N, at r.com. That's French Quarter Realty. He has got everything. All the experience, all the knowledge, all the charisma, all the looks, all the charm, everything that you would want in a realtor. Jansen Patagna.
1: I should have mentioned this before the ad. Uh, Jansen emailed me this week and he noted that the P in Patagna is silent. <laughs> he said it's actually pronounced Jansen Ayagna. <laughs> if you're interested in seeing what's out, side of new orleans and i think a lot of us are uh he has (laughs) gulf coast listings gulf underscore coast underscore listings on instagram he's posting properties from the coast of mississippi the woods of louisiana and beyond you will find everything from multi-million dollar waterfront properties to log cabins for a hundred thousand dollars that's how much i make in 10 years (laughs) i am still your guy in new orleans According to Jansen, but considering my background with the whole Gulf Coast, he has been wanting to expand the account for everybody. Uh he's doing a great job. He has a bunch of off the grid listings. You want to get out of the city, we don't blame you. Check out Gulf underscore coast underscore listings. And if you want to stay in the city, of course you do. It's fun, it's vibrant, it's vivacious. We're in the holiday season. There's a million things to do. The city is fantastic. Check out J underscore Patagna, pronounced a Yagna, <laughs> on Instagram.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Or you can just use the app. Uh, it's owned by Meta. I like to send people to Instagram.com. <laughs> dot slash J underscore Patagna. Uh, Jansen. He's got it all. You don't know what you're doing when you're buying a home. He can figure out the paperwork. He can get you started. He can get you finished. Jansen can do everything that you need in the real estate process. We don't know how many more times we can tell you this, people. Jansen is the man for you if you are looking to buy or sell a home. Ladies and gentlemen, Jansen. Jansen the Manson. That is a. Sponsor. Uh, one thing Jansen can't do apparently is teach a Mormon to throw. Which Mormon? Because exactly. it was Mormon Bowl. <laughs> it was. We had
1: the Mormon Bowl on Sunday. <laughs> uh, it was that was just bad. That was a bad football game. It was. Look, I'm just. The game was on in the vicinity of me. <laughs> I was not I didn't have like a jeweler's eye in watching the plays. I wasn't rewinding it. I wasn't I was not Tony Romo with this game. Sure. This game was on somewhere in the vicinity of the seven hundred beers I was having.
0: Yes. Were you at a bar? No. No. I was at church. I was driving. (laughs) I was
1: on the bus. The <laughs> I was bus is Wi-Fi bus. now. I was driving the bus. <laughs> That's what I do on the weekends. I had on the Oculus Rift. I'm in the bus. <laughs> People are screaming. I was watching the Mormon Bowl. Look, the Saints stink. The Jets
0: stink. Worse. It was the
1: Stink-Off Bowl <laughs> yeah. and the less stinky one. Uh, we had a it, good
0: time. Yes. Uh, it appeared. Uh,
1: if you put a gun to my head and said, tell me one play. <laughs> I don't. I sincerely don't think I could. Alvin I Kamara s- had a nice touchdown run. In the I first saw half. the Kamara highlights, mostly because yeah. they were playing them over and over. Yeah, so I'd be like, what true. is that? I'd yeah. be like eating an onion ring, <laughs> and they'd be playing the same thing on the TV. So I'd like turn around, what is that? Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and then I'd go back to the, you know, the cornhole I was playing. <laughs> we have the most sophisticated Saints recaps here on this show. <laughs> this is not... A podcast from an ivory tower. I'm a man of the people. And sometimes I don't watch the game. I'm not going to sit up here acting like Bill Simmons or Colin Coward or any of these goons. Yeah. I don't know what a option means. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm i i'm a simple goon (laughs) and i didn't really watch the game this week yeah but i know the results i know who played and i saw some of it
0: yeah and that's really what counts i had it (laughs) i would also i would also call what i had uh i had the game on uh mine was less fun i was uh parenting uh mostly as it was as the game was occurring and i think at one point i was writing uh during it and that's the part of the season that we're at for Mm -hmm. instance where it's like, uh, I know they're playing. Uh, I'm not going to build my day around it. Right. Uh, but if I'm if I'm able to, I'm going to turn the TV on. Yeah. And that's the channel that it'll be on. This is better than the Yule Log. <laughs> yes. It's Netflix. better than watching the <laughs> Sneeches for the 50th time. That what has, is that? Know, that's uh, the Dr. Seuss book. We okay. watch that one a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, watching Green Eggs and Ham. I've seen that a lot, too. Uh, and yeah, so this is like, you know, daddy's time to control the TV. We don't ask any questions. I get to watch when the saints are on. Yeah, I don't really give a crap anymore, but I'm still going to put it on because it's Sunday, damn it. And I'm allowed to have my day. Absolutely. And so I kind of watched as, you know, both quarterbacks sucked for a while and everything was, uh, you know, just back and forth of badness. And the Saints uh, ended up pulling away late. Uh, I think they ended up winning 30-9. to The game never felt like it was that. It simultaneously felt like the Saints were going to win the entire game while at the same time playing horribly. And then at the end, of, actually, the score actually kind of reflected the way that the game was the whole time. Right. Uh, I don't know the quarter-by-quarter quarter point differential, but
1: it was never... And I'm still watching bad games during the season. Lord knows I've watched the last four or five terrible games, and I've been very uh, in the moment of the score. This game did not feel in question. (laughs) It also did not feel important. No, that's certainly true as well. This was a, a fun afternoon out, and I'm glad
0: the Saints won, sort of. Yeah. Look, here's the best part. The Saints, I don't think, missed a kick. I know they made uh, three field goals, four field goals, three field goals, and they made their extra points. Pull that up, Jamie. It was very very exciting. That was probably the most exciting part of the game that Brett Maher uh, made some kicks. Uh, Look, the Saints are still in the in the watch, in the the hunt column. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Which doesn't really matter anymore since there's seven teams in the thing. Sure. And
0: they're, they're currently 11th place in the NFC <laughs> on uh, tiebreakers <laughs> with everything. They're 11th out of 15. But they're still in the hunt. But they're in the hunt because there's a bunch of teams tied with them with the same record. Uh, big game coming up this week. Uh, they will go to Tampa. Uh, New Orleans obviously beat the Buccaneers here uh, on Halloween night. It feels like that was approximately 6.8 years (laughs) ago when that game took place. Uh, I don't know how the Saints have any chance of winning this time around. don't really know how they did it last time around, uh, but it certainly feels very unlikely. And I believe they're like a twelve-point underdog entering this game. Well, I think it uh,
1: happened last time because uh, Simeon was so well rested.
0: Yes, really.
1: They no s- scouting. Tape and on now him. he's what two weeks rested. Yeah. I say start Simeon <laughs> against the Bucks instead of winning by eighteen, or we win last time. You win by a point or two. Yeah,
0: it couldn't hurt.
1: This is simple. I don't know, statistics. This is a math podcast. What else What else are the Saints going to do? You're going to run Onside kick. Triple option. Triple option, <laughs> wildcat, Camara quarterback. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't think anybody in, in Saints fandom is too wildly concerned about this game. No. I, it's a lot more watchable from the get-go than the Jets game. There's mm-hmm. something at stake. That's true. Uh, you know, division rivalry. Tom Brady's possible last game against the Saints. Yeah. Also, playoff implications, which I think if you're if you're uh, uh, if you've been around the Saints for longer than 2009, you're going tank. Just fucking drink. We yeah. <laughs> got next season. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of years. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Everything's fine. Uh huh. If you're new to the team, you're going, let's get to the playoffs. Let's yeah. lose to <laughs> Let's lose to Green Bay by 78. I just want to get to the playoffs. No, it doesn't matter. We're going to You're not going to die from coronavirus. You're going to see the next <laughs> season. The Omicron is fake.
0: You're going to see the next saint season. It really was the part of the Jets game. I thought you were going to say it
1: really is fake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was the part of the Jets game that was kind of a bummer. Because you're like, that actually was the perfect, like, we can all get on the same and just declare the tank and ride it to the end of the season if they had somehow found a way to lose the Jets. But instead, because it was the Jets, they were able to win. And now you're sucked back into this idea like, ooh, maybe there's a chance. They're playing the Falcons, and they're both 8-8 eight eight in the last game of the season, and the winner goes to the playoffs. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is something. There's some drama. There's some interest. But <laughs> all of that stuff <laughs> it's not is not fun. true. And it's still not fun to watch this team. No. They're a chore on offense. Yeah. Uh, Taysom put it together a little bit in the fourth quarter, which was good to see. But again, he was playing a bad, very bad team. He was
1: playing the Jets in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Who knew that they were losing? Yes. Because they were not going to score. There's
0: guys from Delaware State out there at that point. (laughs) The Jets could have had like nine quarters. I don't think they would have scored 30 points. No. That was uh, rough. Uh, So, yeah, the big game, I believe, is the largest the Saints have been an underdog in the Sean Payton era. Uh eleven and a half, I believe, is what it opened at. Uh, that seems right to me. I actually probably would put it closer to fourteen if I was uh I think the the Bucks are very motivated uh against the Saints because they lost them last time and that game was really chippy. The Saints got I think the Bucks got called for like six in personal fouls <laughs> during that game. It was pretty ugly and uh I I do think it's just gonna be A bit of a bloodbath. Uh, And then at the same time, you've got the last three weeks of the season. Miami, Carolina, Atlanta. You very well could still end this year with a winning record, even losing this game. So anything is possible still, while at the same time being like, I'm kind of ready to see this end. If the Saints
1: win this game, it changes the trajectory for everybody involved. The podcast, the Fairweather fans, everybody on board. Agreed. Um, so this
0: is a very important game, even though it doesn't really feel that way. Because there's no belief they could win it. <laughs> right. Right. It's like everyone is chalking this up as an L.
1: Yeah. But tune in. I know, guess. I guess.
0: Is it? A, it's a noon on Sunday. I like that.
1: Well, I'll tell you the Jets game. People were watching their Apple watches more than the screens. <laughs> Like people were like, ah, oh, fuck! I bet the I bet the over on the Saints, Jed. Why did you bet the over? Why would you do that? <laughs> uh, I mean, the
0: yeah, man, it is. Uh, it's difficult to watch these games. I think we're spoiled the last three years having such good teams, having such high aspirations. This year, with just so few playmakers and just. Kind of games. Yeah. It's really the last.
1: It's also time catches up to you. Like every year you get older, you have more responsibilities. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to take four hours out of my day off to watch this shit. I know. It's like, this doesn't even make me happy. Like, you know, sports fans are a special breed. Like, imagine if there were just people that, like, really. Liked Happy Gilmore, <laughs> and every Sunday they were like, We gotta watch Happy Gilmore twice. It's like, This is a huge waste of time. I know how it ends. That's what football is or like, over
0: the age of like 40. Like, if you went to go see the French Connection and you hated it, and the French Dispatch and you hated it, and then you sat through the entire thing, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> like what? halfway through, we're
0: like, You want to go? It's
1: like, No, we paid
0: $16. The cost is sunk, baby. Uh, so, you know, that was our very sophisticated Saints analysis. Eh, it's the Saints. Uh, we'll get to... Uh, it, believe me, if they win next week, this is a whole different podcast. Everything's going to be crazy if they win Sunday. I don't... I'll believe it if I see it. I think they are uh, going to get mauled. But we'll find out. I am, you know, curious to yeah, the last three weeks of the season goes to see if they are actually still going to keep playing or if they're going to tank it. Uh, anyway, we have... A whole lot more left in this show. We're going to crank up the fun. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. 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 That's right, everyone. Overrated and underrated. Uh, I will start. Overrated. Hotel status. Do you have any hotel statuses? What do you
1: mean like a 2 star, 3 star? Are you no, about like, like the uh, membership, clubs? like the, the
0: the the various levels that you have to gain as you stay a certain amount of nights at these hotel chains.
1: I um normally when I'm out of town I'll sleep in my car. <laughs> You're a platinum member of the Ford Fiesta. Club. I'm platinum in the Loves parking lot club. No. <laughs> The last time I was in a nice hotel, there was a service where if you left them a good Yelp review, yeah. they would, like, give you a free room. Oh. That's the only time. Other, <laughs> the rest of the time, I'm, like, I'm on Tinder, like, hey, do you
0: have a guest room? Yeah. <laughs> so, because uh, I, I stay at a lot of Hyatt's, and because of uh, COVID, they slash all the requirements to get to, like, the highest levels, and... And my, the way my brain works is like, I'm obsessed with credit card points and all these like achieving things that, you know, through spending, not because I'm spending more, just how I can direct my spending. And so I spent a lot of time figuring out exactly how I can get to the right level at Hyatt. This was the year that I could get to the highest possible level and I achieved it and I got there and now I'm looking at it and I'm going like, this is a trap. Like, all this is doing is making me want to book random trips to stay at Hyatt's because they're going to give me free breakfast and free parking and maybe get upgraded to a room that's 100 square feet bigger. And it's like, this is just what a, what a silly thing for me to chase for this long a period of time. I understand what they're trying to do is say that, look, when you're on the road, you should stay with ours even if we're a worse hotel you want to stay with our brand because then you can build up the points and get to these statuses and i did that and now i've done it and i'm going like i should have just <laughs> booked the best hotel wherever i was going rather than giving a single shit about what brand i was going with it's just a it was a, it was a mouse trap and i fell right into it well you have to i guess
1: calculate uh, what is the better breakfast what is you mentioned free
0: parking. I assume you're talking about valet parking. Yeah. Or like, you know, even like in cities, like self-parking, sometimes they'll charge, you know, upwards right. a $40, 50
1: And you throw that in towards just a better hotel in general, it seems to be about the
0: same. Yeah. Yeah. So it really was a, uh, it was, I fell right into their little race. Mm-hmm. I was their perfect target. I was looking it up, trying to figure out how to get the right amount of nights. I got there, and now I'm sitting on top of the mountain, and I'm <clears throat> going, like, I'm going to freeze to death up here.
1: But it's nice to feel
0: elite. I am elite. It's nice to feel Hilton elite. <laughs> <I> am- <laughs> I am a globalist if anybody would like. like.
1: You're you're walking into the Hilton next to Nikhil Alexander Walker and you show him the gold badge and you're like this way sir. And you're like yeah. Your loyalty is appreciated. I sir. earned it. And you're like fuck yeah I did. Columbus Ohio Hyatt. Exactly. This is great. I'm glad I spent $1,100 extra to be treated like a celebrity
0: a free bottle at the Madison,
1: again. Wisconsin Hyatt.
0: So I uh, I just spent it, and Most people probably don't spend an inordinate amount of time worrying about it. I spent an inordinate amount of time strategizing on how to get this status. And now that I've gotten it, it feels very empty. Yeah. So uh, That's
1: really the story of capitalism. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> You're always trying to get to the top, and then you get there. It's like it's not enough.
0: Like this isn't. I need more. I need more things. Yeah, and it's not so much that they didn't they what didn't do enough. It's that uh, they. It's that you've changed. It, well, it's that what they were promising all along was kind of stupid, and I never realized it <laughs> until I had it. So now, yeah, the next time I go check into a hotel, I'll get free breakfast. In I think a bigger room, and who gives a shit? You know.
1: <laughs> I think this is the plot of the new Matrix movie. <laughs> You were chasing the wheel. Yes. You you caught what you needed to and you realized, you know what? It's all a sham.
0: It is all kind of a sham. Now
1: you can see the numbers. <laughs> you can see the green numbers whenever you pull into that motel six. Yes. And your wife and family's like, We can't stay here, this is dangerous. Yeah. There's a, a chalk like, outline no. <laughs>
0: No, I get it now. We're we're good now. Uh, (laughs) It's all meaningless. (laughs) Totally. There is no... uh, But hey, at least that was a real overrated. Yeah. Yeah, people... There is no spoon for the continental (laughs) breakfast. Eat it with your hands, everybody. Uh, I'll go to an underrated? Sure. I was just going to rest on that great line I just had. (laughs) (laughs) underrated i'm gonna go with uh karaoke no everybody thinks of karaoke as being kind of stupid and it is karaoke is dumb uh but it is like a slam dunk fun time it's impossible to go somewhere where you have a group of your friends there and you go to karaoke, and everyone leaves unhappy. It doesn't happen. It's also not going to be necessarily boring. It's kind of a cheat code for going out with people because you know what kind of time you're going to get, and you kind of get this like free entertainment. You don't necessarily have to be like in it. Not like going to a game. Like sometimes the game sucks, and there's nothing you can do. Because uh, if the karaoke is bad, then you're just at a bar, uh, and there's really no difference. But this, you have an activity, you have something to distract you, you have a common ground to talk about. It is a, a fun thing to go do. The karaoke is, an, it, it is really a, a cheat code. I would consider it underrated when going out. Give me your go-to karaoke song. I have now started to do Colin Baton Rouge, I think is the best one. By Mr. Brooks by Senor Garth. Yeah. I it's got the perfect high spot that Louisiana in the front always gets people going. Baton Rouge yeah. gets the people going. Oh yeah. Call that Baton Rouge. Uh it was uh that that one usually slaps pretty hard. Uh I used to do uh, the outfields, I don't want to lose your love tonight. That was I like doing <laughs> that one. And th- now the there's a couple high notes in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that every time I have to get to a long note, I'm dead. And so I can't do that anymore.
1: My go-to song forever, Teenage Dirt Bagged by Wheatus. Yeah, I know that's... it from the movie Loser. <laughs> it has gotten too popular. Really? I can't do it anymore. Are you serious? I think I'm a big reason why. <laughs> Since then, I have a list on my phone that I'm reading off of, of karaoke songs. And a big one... As soon as Teenage Dirtbag got too popular, I started doing Major Tom.
0: This is Like is Gail
1: Bedeker from Breaking Bad. Because I could just picture myself doing that. <laughs> da na na na, ba, na 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 And then I also have Live and La Vida Loca by Ricky Ooh, that's Martin. That's pretty good. That's, that's a, a l- good one. Th-
0: it's just very fast.
1: The heat is on. The that- <laughs> <laughs> on the Wings of Love by Jeffrey Osborne. Do you know that one? Yeah, on, on the, the wings, wings of, of Love. <laughs> due for now, when hell be there. Oh. That's a good one. And then, like, my, if you're at a place that does, like, YouTube karaoke and you uh-huh. get some good ones, yeah. the Sopranos theme song. there's no, oh, oh the Woke yourself up this morning. <laughs> Got yourself a gun. That's a good one. You can only do that at
0: places that, like. I like to do the Succession theme song that has no words. <laughs> <laughs> and just play air piano and stare at everybody. Sure. Everybody loves it. I also, uh, another one I used to like was uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart was always great, mm-hmm. but then. The old school thing really like got to a point where yeah. it got really fucked out. Um, and then uh, Meat loaf, so I Would Do Anything for Love is terrific, but it's like eight minutes long. Yeah. So
1: no. Can't do Queen. Can't do Rush. Yeah. Can't do Meat Loaf. Yeah. Too long for karaoke. Too long for can't karaoke. Can't do Tool. Where do you karaoke in New Orleans? Uh, normally I would be at Cajuns. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it
0: open? Oh yeah. Okay.
1: They don't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been there in a long, long, long but yeah, time. Yeah, it's funny because they're like very strict about your Vax card. There, it's like yeah. you guys are all like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> "All right, everybody, <laughs> with, with that one, we'll take." I'll a- edit out the. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty rough. <laughs> it takes us into my very part Gosh. of every single week, ladies and gentlemen the worst the worst the
1: worst is the worst thing i saw i read this week send them in polkincush gmail.com this week comes from the daily beast Botox. what a lovely yeah. what a lovely publication <laughs> <laughs> but they have good worst stories yeah sure without a doubt uh Botox. as in the whole
0: publication <laughs>
1: Botoxed, surgically lifted camels banned from beauty contests. (laughs) Saudi authorities have clamped down on a camel scandal, disqualifying more than 40 of the humped animals from the annual King something or other Camel Festival beauty contest after discovering they had been giving Botox shots or had face and hump lifts. Hump lifts? The month-long festival sees jurors tasked with awarding beauty prizes worth more than $66 million for the best-shaped heads, necks, humps, and posture, as well as judging their own often elaborate costumes. Organizers say that each year camel owners go to even greater extremes to make their beast beautiful. By stretching their lips and noses, boosting their humps, (laughs) and even inflating body parts with rubber bands. The club is keen to halt all acts of tampering and deception in the beautification of camels, the Saudi press agency reported.
0: What? What? What's the prize? Is it, a million, money. is it $100 million? Is it $100 million? They Otherwise, said
1: there's $66 million at stake here.
0: $66 million? Yes,
1: for best shaped heads, necks, humps,
0: and postures. <laughs> Saudi Arabia dollars or real American this dollars?
1: It says $66 million. With a dollar sign? It has a dollar sign, yes.
0: <laughs> Does the dollar sign have one or two? It's, uh, these uh, these petty sixty six million dollars. I mean, Saudi Arabia. This
1: story is okay. the The story that the Daily Beast <sighs> pulled this from is from the Associated Press. That sounds the very Associated legitimate. Press has a dollar sign with one line through it that says sixty six million. What? How do you not know that Saudi Arabians are filthy rich?
0: Sixty six million dollars to see who has the sexiest camel.
1: It doesn't say sexy. (laughs) Let's not get an international scandal on our hands.
0: What constitutes a good-looking camel?
1: The Camel Beauty Contest is at the heart of a Massive Carnival, which also features camel races, sales, and other festivities, typically showcasing thousands of dromedaries. The extravaganza seeks to preserve the camel's role in the kingdom's Bedouin tradition and heritage, even as the oil-rich country plows ahead with modernizing mega-projects. Camel breeding is a multi-million dollar industry and takes similar events... Similar events take place across the region.
0: So are we comparing this to a dog show or are we comparing this to like, I think it's like a dog fighting. show, um,
1: you know, like the, the New York dog show. Those dogs probably get like a million dollars or whatever. And then endorsements.
0: They get a million dollars. I don't think
1: so. It's on TV. People watch it. Oh, my God. Game shows in the 70s. People got a million dollars. This is a, a beautiful dog <laughs> that runs through a tunnel but apparently these saudi people uh some of them are botoxing their camels to make their faces look better they're boosting their humps with rubber bands i don't even know how you would do that they're doing other things just to make their camel look like the best camel and it's not like it's not weird it's just like that's a good looking camel they're not there's they're not like it's pretty weird there's nothing implicit with the explicit with the camels
0: Okay, look, if there's $66 million at stake, and all you have to do is shoot up your camel with a little Botox. Well, you can't do that. It's illegal. That's what the story's about. I'm saying I would be cheating (laughs) as much as humanly possible, and if you get eliminated, then so be it. it. The juice seems to be worth the squeeze on this one. If you're like my camel, I think has a pretty good shot at, you know, uh More than fifty million dollars, I'm gonna do whatever is necessary to get this camel into tip top condition if it means starving it, if it means you know squeezing those humps if it means botoxing the shit out of them whatever's got to be done I guess so I'm just you know
1: more of a purist. <laughs> I would not compromise my entire I'm sure in Saudi Arabia you get fucking killed for like painting your camel's they make, nails. They make you
0: eat the Botox. Yeah, they're not
1: gonna be they're not it's not a slap on the wrist in Saudi Arabia if no. you do something to uh, uh, obstruct their culture. They're going to kill you. Yeah, it seems Almost to be.
0: certainly. You, you are probably uh, superfluous till their, to their time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once you've wasted... When you've wrecked the integrity of the camel contest with Botox, you you're gonna probably... You're going to be on the front
1: page of the paper. Guy who straightened his camel's hair with a chi.
0: Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude... What has to be going on for that much money to come in? I, I, I can't get over that. This is what rich people do. They don't do that. Some of them do. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think. Is it just one guy? <laughs> I mean, maybe there is just one guy putting up the money, but it's enough money. People will take part
0: in your camel charades. So is the story that the AP is running with here... That this contest exists at all, or that people are cheating and it's they consider the, it a scandal. It's
1: not, okay, 10 years ago the story would have been this exists. Now it's this exists and is beautiful. <laughs> Additionally, <laughs> someone's cheating at it. We live in different times. Uh, I, you cannot I, <laughs> criticize the Camel Beauty competition.
0: I, I just can't believe that this is the, the story isn't just like, uh, hey guys. Look at how much money's at stake here. I'm sorry, but this is <laughs> the, the story. Is instead that someone is ruining the
1: integrity of this event. <laughs> you wouldn't watch this on Netflix. I would. I think it's people- better than Tiger King. <laughs> people will watch anything on Netflix. Camel King.
0: There is a Sean Payton movie coming out that looks like the biggest load of
1: horse shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, a year and a half ago on this podcast, we talked about the Sean Payton movie for Netflix getting greenlit, we spoke about it as... Kevin James is going to be Sean Payton. (laughs) Yeah, The preview has come out. This is a Happy Madison movie where there is farting, Mm -hmm. barfing, Mm -hmm. goofing around Mm -hmm. in general, and Rob Schneider. Schneidering, yes. (laughs) There is a lot of Schneidering (laughs) happening. This is clearly a movie that was written 12 years ago for Uh Happy Madison, and then they just put everyone... Like the Cajun coach from Waterboy is just wearing a Saint shirt, and that's what this movie is.
0: It's CGI. It is
1: insane. This movie is hysterically bad from the preview, yes. which usually sometimes you can hide that a movie is terrible yeah. in the in the thirty seconds of the preview. This is going to be the one of the worst Happy Madison movies of all time, which is truly saying something. That's a big statement. And what's a little more embarrassing is that every goober in it is wearing an officially licensed mm. Saints
0: shirt. Yeah,
1: it is not loosely based on the life of Sean Payton. No, it, they're not wearing black and gold, and they're called you know the fightin', the fighting Saintsmen. Yeah. This is literally supposed to be about the Saints. Yeah, it is. Uh, it looks. Terry Crews plays Reggie Bush.
0: <laughs> Does he really? I just made that up. I don't know. <laughs> <I'm> like what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no nah, man, it it looks uh I was watching it with just my mouth open like you can't be serious and this is actually occurring. Like it looks it looks like a combination I guess of like the big green and uh the it's Mighty PG. Ducks. It's PG. And yeah, yeah, it's like all kind of like tied together, like the coach comes down to whatever, but also like it's a heartwarming father and son tale. It looks freaking... I, I honestly like I have a hard time thinking that it won't be the worst thing that I watch the entire year. But you are gonna watch it. I mean, of course I'm gonna watch it. What am I, an idiot? <laughs> it's about
1: Sean Payton. Do you think you'll be on there in some form? <laughs> yeah. Just be. <laughs> what if they have Steve Buscemi as, like, Kotz Kushner? <laughs>
0: Local reporter. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I, I it was the worst thing I saw today. And the, the most incredible thing is I've seen the trailer for the Kurt Warner movie, and I didn't think anything <laughs> could be worse than the trailer for the Kurt Warner movie. And then they went and really just put a whole other level on, like, If you thought the Kurt Warner movie was the bottom of the Earth's ground, they dug through that. They went through the crust all the way into the Earth's core. That's how far down they got to make the Sean Payton movie. This is going to be a real bag of shit, and I will watch every single minute
1: of it. And we will report on it. Maybe we can do a special episode just on it. Yes. Yes. That's going to do it for Polk and Kush this week. Thanks so much for listening. Every single week, if you've enjoyed it, tell a friend. Uh, Honestly, just like word of mouth really helps us out If you text somebody and say Hey, there was this funny joke I heard on a podcast Or, you know, this was like a fun distraction for a couple minutes Honestly, everything helps So leave a review iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, Google You can do the Alexa Say Alexa, play Polk and Kush And it will You can do that on Siri as well Uh, Check out Scott Kushner on Twitter Scott D. Kushner on Twitter, you can find us. Uh, we're on there, at Paul Cush. Email us, PaulConcush gmail.com. We appreciate you so much. Give it up for our sponsors, Chance of Protagonia, French Quarter Realty, as well as Ale on Oak, Uptown, over on Oak. Check them out. Check us out. We'll see you next time. See ya!